This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace. That's right, Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, I'd like you to go to squarespace.com and use the offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE with six exclamation marks. Do they need the exclamation points there? <laughs> yeah, they need they do. How code. many do they need to put in? Actually, any number greater than six will work. So you can All just right. keep hitting it and then... Yeah, 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 yeah we had to. Like, a, we, we were doing two originally and then we got word from Squarespace yeah, yeah. that it wasn't I keep a heavy six. I keep a heavy rock on my exclamation key <laughs> yeah. and yeah. just sort of go away for a couple hours. Yeah. Sure. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. I am one of your hosts, Andy Wood, and I'm joined by two other hosts, hey. namely Matt Kirshen. Thank you, Andy. And Jesse Case. Hey, guy. It looked for a second like you were struggling to place our names. I was I was looking at you and like just drawing a blank. I was like, I know, I know I it. Know I know this guy. guy. I've I met him before. <laughs> I've seen him at no. parties. I'll, I'll blank on people's names all the time. All the time. Just best friends. <laughs> no idea if, who they are. If I'm hosting a show, I w- even if it's someone I've lived with, I will write their name on my hand just because it, I think there's nothing more embarrassing than when you're hosting a show than blanking on a oh, name. I brought up a headliner and forgot his name and then tried to play it off like it was some kind of bit and he just was like staring at me as he's going up the steps towards the stage. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. Like, I know it's Ryan. Of course I know it's Ryan. Like, no, I just completely blanked. Well, it was like the, the worst moment of my hosting career. Have you ever blanked on a headliner's name? I've done this where you, bl- you blank on their name when you're, when you're hosting and then you bring them up as, a, as like a more famous comic. So the crowd gets like bummed out. Um, I just went to a I've, taping of Last Comic Standing last night, and I don't think I'm breaking any uh, like things I signed rules by saying that JB Smoove introduced the three panelists, the judges this year in Last Comic Standing. The first of whom, <laughs> Russell Simmons. <laughs> it's Russell, Russell, Russell Peters. Yeah. Is right. the, Russell Simmons also a notable figure in right. comedy, and like the theater went crazy because they they thought Russell Simmons was going to be was there, right. and they turned around uh, and they were all yeah. like. And that, like, he'd also given this crazy, huge. I mean, Russell Peters is one of the biggest comics in the world. He's not that big in the U.S., but in the rest of the world, like, it's it's he's he's got a weird career, Russell Peters, because as far as I, I think, in absolute number of fans, he possibly is the most famous comedian be. in the world. Yeah, which is all the more insulting. <laughs> what do you think about like people, other sort of contenders, Seinfeld? Like Dane Cook, who is massive in America but not in other countries. Yeah. I don't know Russell Peters. There's a good. Should I, I'm, I'm Adam Buxton, by the way. We I should. Yes, should we, we should do that. that. Uh, let, we uh, our guest today, who's in America briefly. I'm delighted to have him on the show. One of my favorite, like someone who's been behind a lot of my favorite comedy oh. in the UK over many years, That's Mr. Nice. Adam Buxton. Hey, how you doing? Nice to be here. This is beautiful. It's like being on holiday in the south of France with some sort of sensible rock stars. Right. <laughs> Right. In the early 40s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sat outside and it's a beautiful day and then we're in the shade. There's a pool down there. And, oh, it's lovely. You, you've already met one of the one of the roommates? One of the guys. There's a guy in you, a room. You walked in on the naked guy. I was supposed to be going to the toilet, open the wrong door, and there was a nude man in front of the computer. <laughs> Didn't look very happy. Was he really in front of his computer nude? Yeah, he wasn't nude, no. No, but he, was, he had, didn't have a shirt on, I assume. Uh, no, when I say not nude, he was wearing a sock on his genital. <laughs> okay, yeah. sure, sure, sure. That's it's the nude, uniform of this of this compound. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the uniform. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for yeah. coming. Uh, but yeah, uh, Russell, Russell Peters is one of like his career. It, he was one of those. It blew up on on YouTube, but 
in... When did it blow up? I've, re- I've literally as never of, heard of it. I say as of the last five years is when he's sort of become very famous right. in... But anywhere in Asia. What's his most famous thing that I may have seen then? It's all stand-up. It's oh. all... St- this is the he's, thing. He's a Canadian... He's, he's, he's a, of Indian uh, ancestry and Canadian guy. So, like, he hits a lot of demographics, but, but, and but ours. And he does of, like, a lot of racial humour. Oh. Like, a lot of... Uh, dissecting the different races and the different countries and he will tour um singapore he'll tour india he'll tour malaysia or just e- everywhere he goes huge numbers of people show up he he sold out the o2 arena wow. for two nights with almost no publicity huh. because but it's weird because it's a fan base that never would normally come out to other comedy nights like no one who would go down to the comedy store no one who would go and see people who've been on mock the week uh, it's, it's, it's probably like word of mouth among these communities where somebody you know finally speaks to this group and then, yeah. then he becomes their champion and they're going to go spread the word to all their friends and say this is the thing you have to come see when he comes to can town. you think of a joke of his or a thing that he might say to <laughs> do an impression of him I can't, I, uh... no, we don't like to use the n-word on the show <laughs> <laughs> oh is he like that though is he no is he edgy? no no well it's it i i wouldn't say edgy i'd say more more cheeky in the way he approaches yeah. racial humor. Right. Like he's, but it definitely strikes a chord with immense numbers of people. I was talking to. With racists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but does he come at it from like a sort of everyman point of view or is, yeah, it, is and he, he being sort of. He definitely, about it he definitely comes at it from an angle where like his audience is incredibly diverse. Mm-hmm. And, and he essentially will spend shows just going like any Sri Lankans here and then he has a bit on what Sri Lankans are like and it's pretty accurate and everyone goes nuts. So it sounds quite nice. I mean it's not like a, a sort of white supremacist yeah, no, 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 it's no, not like no. sort of the Bernard Manning like any Sri Lankans here and then right, here's a yeah. horrible joke about why you shouldn't be there. Yes. Jim Davidson. Do you guys know Jim Davidson? He's no, who's a British comedian. Uh... He's he's a, he's surprising because Jim Davidson has managed to parlay his initial actively racist act into a family entertainment uh, job like he's yeah, albeit for racist families. Yeah, but he well he <laughs> hosted, brings the whole racist family yeah. together. <laughs> he hosted this for years. He hosted this snooker themed game show mm-hmm. called Big Break, right. which was a, just that was family. It was like Saturday afternoon family television. I think it was Saturday afternoon. It was the kind of thing you'd sit, you'd watch with right. your folks, and it was it paired members of the public up with professional snooker players, and they they had to answer questions, and then. And then your player had Such a certain amount of time. What to is pop snooker? Things. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is this game? Well, that, that's a snooker pretty common. Is the cricket of pool. Yeah, okay. It's a common career path, though. I mean, a lot of people forget Hitler's days doing Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know. It, but it is kind of like he. Jim Davison became best known initially. He won one of those sort of opportunity. Was it opportunity knocks? Like the equivalent of Star Search. Okay. He won it in the seventies with an act that included an impression of a West Indian guy called Chalky White. And he did the voice and the lips, basically. It was like... Mm, sure, sure. And he would... I mean, he still maintains that it was done in a spirit of kind of camaraderie. Yeah. But the, the thing is that it was... And he may have been delivering it like that, but it was appreciated by a lot of people. That no, is that, is that what... Weren't getting that. Is that what's annoying about it? Is the appreciation of it? Well, I, I, I get I way more annoyed by that at shows. If someone's being like kind of a dick with their yeah. material, but then it's killing, I'm just like, that says more about society well, than exactly. art. Like, I don't think art owes you anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's art. 
So, like, I think if you, like, a lot of people, people complain all the time about, like, uh, demographics on TV shows. Like, oh, this sitcom is so patriarchal. So it's, well, it's a, it's a sitcom. Mm-hmm. If, if, this is, if, if this is relating to you in this huge way, look at yourself so a it's market driven is what you're saying like if these things are out there it's because you've created a marketplace for I them don't know. By, I think by, 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 by essentially buying those by, by coming to that show by laughing at that joke by watching the sitcom I think they exist in a feedback though I think, I think the two feed I think it feeds back as well they feed they into each other yes exactly I think the, the thing is that you you want your artists to elevate the yes. level of uh, well I'm not saying it's good and, yeah. and, but I'm saying the the I'm, like I'm not, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that stuff should not oh, I be know, popular. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, you know, stuff that's pretty um, um, daft is always going to be quite popular because a lot of people are daft, <laughs> as I've discovered. I oh, real where. morons! Yeah, real real <laughs> morons out there. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, what I mean? like, you have I, done some of the I was doing- silliest but funny. Like if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Adam's work, there's. Quite a few videos that what he's would you put point them towards? That's, I have I have this problem of like trying to explain what I do because I've done quite a diversity of things, some which are more intelligent than others. Well, I, I definitely start with there's <laughs> there's quite naturally. a few videos that you made. I showed these guys your, the you say we pay. Oh yeah, okay. And the, I would say that's a fairly good and the Pope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Inauguration where essentially he's taken the video of you say we pay is a is a phone in competition mm. on a daytime TV show. And Adam has taken, has dubbed out the initial contestant's voice and put his own voice in and matched it to the answers. And it's very silly indeed. And also that you've done a fake commentary over a few major events. like Over the, the Pope's f- funeral. Yes, Pope's if, you, if you search for a new Pope on uh, YouTube, uh, obviously that's Star Wars. <laughs> reference. Sure, yeah. sure. And, and so the whole thing is delivered like a, a kind of science fiction commentary as if it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if it was in a space universe. Because they're all so brilliantly dressed, and they've all got their daft... Um, and it's so... The ceremonial, yeah. right, slow formality of it. What's it called? The orb thing that they carry? The scepter? <laughs> is it a scepter? Some sort of th- scepter. The tesseract, I yeah. think, is what it's tesseract. called, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cube. Um, anyway, I, imagine, I reimagined it as a uh, diamond-encrusted stasis orb with, <laughs> with the, the brain of a still-living symbiote. <laughs> Inside. You know what? I, you know what I think's uh, hilarious is, you know, throughout history there have been so many uh, empires that pop up and fall apart really quickly. Mm-hmm. Like uh, someone will stage a, um, a takeover of their government, and then all of a sudden, overnight, there's a completely new government. But things like Catholicism and all that, they have these ancient ritual things where people can just say, oh, they're just doing tradition by carrying that, Mm -hmm. even though it looks so dumb in the dumb outfits, but it's just tradition. But there have been so many times throughout history when you just have to come up with your bullshit theme. Oh, yeah. Like... The Shriners. Uh, the Shriners. That's but not an empire, but like I Googled that recently because I was like, why do Shriners ride around? Why do they wear are fezes? They the f- fellows in the little mini cars. And they wear fezes. And I was like, why is this American fraternal organization wearing fezes? And I looked it up, and it was just because before air travel was that common, people could just appropriate things. People, Someone went on a trip, and they'd come back and be like, I saw this cool stuff. I'm starting a club where everyone's going to wear fezes yeah. and have these. Yeah, it's, so the, t- it's, like it's the tiki bar thing. It's tiki bars. Yeah, you just like put together like a hodgepodge of all these things from around the world. But so I think Shriners is not a religion, though. It's a sort of club. It's, just, it's, it's, a, a, it's a, a part of social part of Freemasonry. Uh, well, it's, a no, part it's, of- it's really not. It's pretty new. It's like a hundred some years old. Some actor went over to Morocco or somewhere and, and found out and was uh, they're still, entertained. They're still Freemasons. No, I think it's the Shriners. Is it like the Elks Lodge kind of thing. 
but it has more. What like, was the version they had in the Flintstones? Elements, the oh, yeah. water buffalo, the Royal Order of Water Buffalo, yeah, water choppers, or what was it called? Water buffaloes. Wasn't it called the, the Stonecutters? Stonecutters was in The yeah. Simpsons. Yeah. That was their version of The Masons. Right. But yeah, the history of the Shriners is kind of funny because some actor went over and was entertained by some locals who, who went through some ritual as part of their dinner thing. And he was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to start this up in the U.S. and we'll have this secret handshake and this made up mythology. But it was all new at that time. And it was just that people hadn't traveled enough. So like, this is cool. This is going to be our thing now. We wear fezes. We have... right. Like slogans in different languages, and yeah. where did I the just mean mini like, cars come in? <laughs> I don't know where the mini cars came in. Though. I just mean like the amount of times Czechoslovakia has been overthrown. Yeah, it, would, it used to get overthrown like every week. Uh-huh. You know, like you didn't even know what government was happening, and every time they would have to be like, "All right, uh, shit, we forgot." Like, okay, uh, khakis and pillow hats. Just wear hats that look like pillows. That's our thing. <laughs> do they? But they and don't. Like, they it was don't ridiculous. Come back with radically different looks, though, each time, do they? Like, they haven't got a sort of on on call costume designer. Well, no, but think revolutionary about revolutionary well, costume. But think about okay. Well, I think, think it would be good if they did. Think about the think about the Nazis. Yeah. Right. They do. had to come up. <laughs> well, harder yeah. not to. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 Really. It's just always. It's yeah, every seven seconds they say a man <laughs> they say, yeah, thinks yeah, about yeah. Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it depends on the tattoos you have. I think. <laughs> but I mean, they just had to come up with bullshit real quick. Yeah. Because they would have these giant, weird, mystical rallies where it'd be like, ah, fuck, um, eagles are good. You want to do <laughs> gold stuff? Uh, how about a? You want to use an old Hindu icon as our thing? Okay, sure. That makes um, me curious. I want to look that up now and find out how that big, how that got to be their logo because that, that is an ancient uh, symbol. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and this is one of those things where you have to downplay knowing too much about it. <laughs> but it, is it, but they went through a lot of different variations of that and and really yeah and Hitler made the I final it was call. Greek. Is it not? No, I think it was the hit. Yeah, the original yeah. swastika. I think it was, was it Hindu. It was I the other way around, I wasn't it? it? Yes, it's, 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 it's a mirror image of it. Yes, because you'd see it a lot. Yeah, my first trip to I think Taiwan on a work trip, I saw it on on, on hillsides on these uh, old buildings. Yeah. Like, what's going on? I didn't want to ask about it because I thought maybe there was some history with that there that I didn't know. About. Right, right. Yeah, but I guess it's the mirror image of it, right? It's the yeah, but then but but Still, I mean I, I very swastiki. Yeah, but I mean again, this is a downplay situation. But um, I read Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Because uh, I'm a huge history nerd guy. You don't do politics uh, for knowing about it. Like but we've had this discussion where some st- sometimes if you know too much about something, people are like, why do you know so much about that? And it's like, because right, right. it's fascinating. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm but, always, I must say, I thought a bit less of you when you started knowing things. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, fuck. Well, no, no one, I re- no one I respect would think that about yeah. me. But it is weird if, you, if you're just like the guy at the bar knowing shit about Nazis. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what weird you're bringing up the shit about the Nazis at the bar not just if you're, yes exactly if you're standing up at the bar I'm allowed to wear what I <laughs> want to I'm allowed bar. to know hey, about Nazis I wonder if you know about the origins of the swastika <laughs> <laughs> then probably yes the Friday night crowd are going to pile over and well, look they get, are just trying you, to have put you on their shoulders but yeah that was a spot on Jesse by the way Adam that was a great Jesse impression oh, no, thank <laughs> you thank you yeah no but I'm just trying I'm to canny. I'm trying to have a convo and I'm going to wear what I want to that bar yeah, I'm, yeah. you know it's your right um, it's my right uh no, but it went through. It it occurred to them pretty quickly, like like um, oh, we're gonna have to do some hardcore marketing to get yeah. this out there. Yeah. So the banner took like a month to come up with, and there were all these different uh, types of it, and um, you know. And do you reckon that um, the the people designing the the uh, logos, like the design team, uh, the Nazi design department, sure? Do you think that every one of those people was on board, or was there one guy sort of thinking, fuck? 
this is really good stuff, but I'm not so sure about the company we're working for, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a gig, but... Yeah. Right. I'm sort of selling out here a little bit. <laughs> I'm not 100% on board with where the company's going. And it's, as a team of graphic designers, the chances of them all being heterosexual are kind of slim. So mm, the, those sure. guys probably aren't on board with That's what's right. going it's on. Like, like, yeah, all heterosexual, yeah. white, yeah. Christian. Yeah. You know, no. all had some Jewish pals. Yeah. You know. Guys, I mean, we our last client, we just did the updated Star of David. And I feel weird <laughs> about having to That's do right, this exactly. now because... Uh, gave it a little flair. <laughs> right. It used to just that, be a no. circle, but they added the six points. Yeah, yeah. That was the brilliant innovation of that. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's that's our. Uh, but anyway, I just mean it's always of- it's always weird to me how how just on the fly you'll have to be like, oh shit, we have a whole country now. We but have to have a backstory. We, we want to we have to yeah. have a backstory. Yeah. We want to disconnect from the last government. So now we. I mean, the same thing happened in America. Like, what are you Greek theme? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like what columns and shit? All right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We <laughs> well, L A. I mean, stuff. God, L A. is the most over the top melting pot of ideas, design wise and everything else wise that you can. Imagine. And yet it works, you know, like L.A. during the day is really, especially sort of downtown and in the, in the center of Hollywood or whatever, it's really quite an ugly place. Oh, yeah. Shithole. At night, it gets all twinkly and all the fairy lights uh, yeah. get hung. And, and, and the smog creates a nice little like, yeah. glow over the whole thing. Yeah. And it's yet, a nice soft focus. Yeah. It's still prettier than London is getting. I mean, big areas of London are just turning into a, a total disaster area. You don't like the... As in, it's just like architects being built quickly but without any plan. Or yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, and it just looks like the cheapest kind of uh, crap that you could possibly imagine. It's totally ugly. It's got no kind of visual or artistic or architectural merit whatsoever. It just looks like the the most economic solution to just housing people. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Canada, and it's a very similar, just just gray bullshit city. Yeah, you look yellow, at it, they, it's like they're using like this weird kind of yellowy stone. It's not limestone exactly. It's just sort of jaundiced whatever was shit discounted. Stone. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, and yet to, even talking about it and thinking about it, I just feel like I'm I'm turning. Into Why do you know so Charles. much about this? <laughs> well, I don't know much about it. But I was, I was that doing... is a pr- very Prince Charles thing. Like if you start ranting about um, yeah. medicine as well, and that's right. If you think, oh, I'm just like a stupid, out of touch old. Some people like John shitstone buildings. <laughs> I, I defy you to find someone who genuinely really would rather live in one of those. My dad put places. food on the table by working in a John shitstone quarry. Did he? <laughs> and I, I got t- Mate, I'm sorry. Didn't no. mean to offend. They gave him all the John shitstone he could carry every night. <laughs> bring it home. Yeah. Assemble his own. John shitstone would be a nice name for a lady actress. <laughs> right. A fine lady actress. Yeah, a fine. You know, uh, not necessarily a porn actress, although obviously that avenue would be available. Her, yeah, it would be available. But she could be quite a hard-hitting, uh, uncompromising, journalist? like uh, or journalist. Or journalist yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. John does shitstone here, uncovering <laughs> the rampant uh, work and violations. John does shitstone. <laughs> ITN News, London. At the very least, it's a handle, a Twitter handle that is there for the taking. Ooh, if anyone's ooh, listening, ooh, ooh. I'm going to twitter.com/slash John does shitstone right now. I would be very surprised if it had already been taken. <laughs> John does shitstone. Available. Nice. Available. We're doing it. Get I'm going to get that handle before I put this episode up so that our listeners can't steal it. What kind of tweets are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know, Architectural. Guys. Let's start yes, architectural yeah. and go from there. Definitely. Uh, while we're talking about that, I'll put in another plug for Hitler's Notebook, which is which has gained <laughs> followers since I mentioned it on the show a couple What's of weeks ago. What's Hitler's Notebook? So there is a, uh, a website, uh, note, there's a Twitter account, Notebook of Love, uh, which is 
sickening. It's got several million followers, and it just tweets nothing but the most insipid. Do read me one. Read me three right now. Okay. I, w- I want to well, get covered I can, in I can go straight to insipidity. Hitler's Notebook, which is one of our listeners helped out, uh, um, who previously programmed the Dennis Miller bot. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, let me find the account. And all we did was uh, got it so that everything note- Notebook of Love tweets, yeah. it, it copies and tweets it out, attributing it to Hitler. Oh, nice. Dream uh, your dreams with open eyes and make them come true. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> there isn't anyone on this earth that can love you like you can. Take advantage of that. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not a legal issue? Are they not upset about you doing that? Oh, I don't think they're aware of it yet. <laughs> okay. I don't know. We might get shut down. But in the meantime, Mac RJ helped program that. And thank you. Well, helped program. He exclusively programmed that. I had the idea and he, he did all the work. Have you seen the, this video that's gone viral called uh, Look Up? No. What is oh, it? mate. You will. You will. Uh, it is a Brit called Gary Turk, and he, uh, you know, he's just a guy, he's just a geese, and he has written a poem um, in rhyming couplets. Oh yeah, about how we should disconnect ourselves from our devices and start enjoying the real world. Is it forty-two million, or is it forty-two million views? Is it forty-two million and climbing? Yeah, well, yeah but what they view it on? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is. It does Ultimate have a few. Yeah, issues with it. Uh, and it divides people. Some people, um, a lot of people are commenting beneath it because I make it my business to read a lot of YouTube comments as part of my profession. Sure, sure, you have life. to. Exactly. You have to. You want to feel good. That's right. Well, also, uh, the show that you're... Is that the show you're doing in LA tonight? That's right. I, that's a, a part of it, yes, is reading YouTube comments in hilarious voices. Oh, um, great. But uh, also, I get a lot of my news and current affairs from the YouTube comments section <laughs> um, and thereby economize on papers. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, the comments are divided beneath the beneath the look up video. There's some people who are very moved by it, and it seems mm-hmm. to be the first time that they have been forced to consider that maybe there is a life outside their sure. phones and tablets. And they're like, "Shit, this has been a, a brilliant wake up call. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going out today without my phone, and I'm going to talk to some human beings. Thanks. This is the beginning of a, a brilliant, new, exciting chapter." And then there are other people who are clearly rattled by yes. the thing. You know what I mean? And they're like, you, yeah, but you, you used social media to do this. So you, you are, you're a twat and you're wrong. You, you know, you're biting the hand that feeds you so you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And they're sort of thinking, well, I don't have a problem. I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. You know, and so my reaction was somewhere in between the two. I cried and then I got indignant. <laughs> right. Uh, if, there's, uh, if there's one thing I find the YouTube comment community loves it's uh becoming self-aware about something i think yeah. that's that's their favorite exactly and they're quite good at it they're very open-minded about it yes considering oh. a lifestyle change yeah <laughs> that's always something that's very being easy called to on, upon people being called on uh, the truth of yourself that's right. yeah um, everyone a, loves that it's a couple more from hitler uh, the truth will set you free but first it will hurt like hell oh mate adolf hitler uh i think sting may have said that as well yeah <laughs> find your fears and overcome them it just works weirdly well. It does work very well. Hmm. Now, when you read what? those uh, YouTube comments, yeah. let me ask you this. You, uh, you, you, ever, uh, you ever, like, count how many comments you get or count the uh, amount of... It's important to know the numbers. It's important to know numbers. Keep a running tally. Keep a running tally of yeah. things. Comments that I'm actually reading, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or you ever, you, ever uh, you know, you put a video out. 
you, let's say you put a uh, put out a YouTube video. Oh, one of my own videos. Yeah, you see how many oh, people yes. have watched it. You, you, is that I'm number important? Reading, I'm not reading. Uh, in fact, I seldom read out comments for my own videos. I have done. Um, but my own videos don't really, they don't cross over to the degree that I get enough comments. But you keep, you keep count, though. This, yeah, oh, this, yeah. You're yeah. able this to keep count. Like some as, kind a of human, a, as a human, you're able to keep count. As a human, you're able to keep count. You're obliged to keep count. the only thing that yeah. <laughs> only might, humans can do Why that, might you be course, talking about that, Jesse? Well, it's interesting because, you know, it, it seems like a very human thing to do, to uh, keep count of things. But you guys know <laughs> that um, black, black bears show counting skills um, on computers. This is a good segue. What's this? <laughs> yeah. Fucking mental. Uh, three captive bears took a series of number-based tests on a touchscreen computer. Um, this is research published in the journal Animal Behavior. What? Uh, yeah, and they had to choose between... With their big giant claws. I know, I know. <laughs> touchscreen. Yeah, that's almost the, the more surprising bit of this study is that bears can Impenetra- use iPads. Well, I think the impenetrable touchscreen invention is probably the yeah. real story. Yeah, so, but it's capacitance based. Could the fingernails even, could the claws even, fingernails, could the claws even set it off? In I mean, touch screens I, I, I appreciate that we are being annoying by derailing your... No, <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> being annoying at all. The very first, <laughs> first aspect No, that's, of that's sort of what this show is. But like, what, I, I just want to know how they have enabled them to interact with um, tablets there. And have they toughened the screens or have they yeah. put little um, things on the end of their claws? Like I'm looking to see if there's any. There's it's no not video. It's imagining it, tiny marshmallows on the end of. The, well, it's not. <laughs> it's not hinted at here, and they've been they've been subtly heated so that they will activate the uh, sure. screen. Yeah, because sure. I just tested on my iPhone, um, and my fingernail won't won't do it. Won't touch. No, the, won't yeah. activate the screen. You have to use the. There needs the to be pad some of your heat, finger. There? But the, no, what no, if they, it's, it's better capacitance, than that. It's electrical charge. What if they put <sighs> beef jerky on the end of their claws? Oh, then they would eat the beef jerky. But like in, in Japan, they, they sell... they would chew down their own claws? They though. sell... Uh, or sometimes people... Maybe not... Why do I assume it's Japan? Because they have the weirdest gadgets. Uh, you can use like a stick of beef jerky if it's too cold out and you want to keep your hands in like a glove or mitten okay, on your yeah. iPhone to like set it off. That, well, you can get like... You can get gloves that, <laughs> that have, have, that, that yeah. have the, the fabric that will... On the end that will affect it. And you can also get a stylus that... Yeah. We'll draw on an iPad okay. or an iPhone. Do you iPhone. remember, though, when, when um, Blackberries first became popular, um, there was a guy... No, who... Black Bears, what we're talking about. <laughs> because let me tell you guys, three, three, uh, three captive bears took a series of uh, number-based tests on a touchscreen computer. Yeah. And uh, they had to choose between uh, two different size sets of dots and were rewarded with food for correct answers. Also, I want to hear the Blackberry comment. Uh, Hold, on Hold on to it. Hold on to it. People don't generally understand them uh, to be as intelligent as they probably are, said Jennifer Vonk, the researcher who led the story. Made up, mate. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> really, John, John just shits down, of course. Um, yeah. Although bears have the largest relative brain size of any carnivore, their cognition is not well understood. Uh, Dr. Vonk is an assistant professor in psychology at Oakland University and said that the North American black bears were first trained to understand the process and in- equipment involved in the tests this is the first published work with bears working on a touchscreen she said it hasn't been done with any large carnivores the experiment then involved presenting the bears with two sets of dots basically they were looking to see if they can understand to choose less or choose more they touched the screen to select one or other of the arrays and were given food if they got the answer right one bear was rewarded for touching the screen with a greater number dots and for the other two bears a correct uh, answer was an array with 
fewer number of dots. And the team wanted to ensure that the animals were not merely estimating magnitude. Of course. A sk- uh, absolutely. A skill that has been shown in, uh, as you yeah, know, sure. many animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, Dr. Vonk goes on to say they're really trying to differentiate uh, between the ability to perceptually discriminate amount from actually quantifying a number of items, which is how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think, most I, think I think Vonk nailed it, hit the nail on the head. Uh, so the team varied the pattern of dots and the shaded area on which the arrays were shown, and in some tests, the dots were also moving. So, you know. As in emotionally moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, these were very, these were very good dots. <laughs> yeah. Dots. Some of the music they played underneath it. It's really a trick. It's <laughs> some of the best dots I've ever seen. <laughs> now, the study did find that, uh, although the study found that the bears did better when the size of the area corresponded to the number of dots, they also found that the bears were capable of compensating for an area that was smaller or larger than normal for Thank the number Christ. of dots. Thank Christ. I know. So what was important is that we showed that they could work against that in some of the tests, she says. So really, they are genuinely counting the dots and not just observing a general feel for this is, looks like a bigger number of dots or this is a bigger area the dots are in. It's like, no, they're actually aware of the number. Yeah, because they would change the area that they were in. You know, they would change the but dots. Why? Except it's still not counting specific... Like, I, I think a re- real counting would be if, if say... Six dots gets you the prize, but five and seven don't. Mm-hmm. So it would be able to select. So it would be able to specifically count. This is six. Well, obviously, just, Matt, this is more or this is less, and that's what they get trained to obviously, do. Obviously, Matt, you're not familiar with fucking blind cave fish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you guys know that um, <laughs> blind cave dwelling fish? Um, they're able to. They're also able to discriminate between different quantities, um, and are sort of able to count. Um, it's the first time non-visual numerical abilities have been shown in fish. Um, they did not know whether the sightless fish have inherited the skills or evolved them to find food. But uh, there's an Italian-based research team. They chose the fish Fritictus andrezi. Holy fuck. Fritictus andrezi. Not going to continue with the show until you get this right. Freatictus andrezi. Freatictus andrezi. It's as good as we're going to get. Because they've evolved for two million years in completely dark caves and have lost their sense of sight. Um, Cave fish are thought to use a lateral line, a system of sense organs with specialized cells to detect changes in the water around them, uh, to sense nearby objects and to tell difference between three-dimensional shapes. And while mammals and birds have often been tested using visual and non-visual stimuli, all fish studies have been restricted to the visual modality. So, hence, uh, they asked if fish that clearly cannot use visual modality are able to process numerical information as well. Whoa. Free so, tick test Andrew's eye. I know. So the fish were housed in a circular that's tank. Actually, you, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. It's probably better than what we uh, The fish were housed in a circular tank, and two sets of sticks were introduced at opposite ends. The fish were encouraged to swim toward the larger quantity of sticks by placing food near them. So they're still just finding the food, I guess. Yeah. Researchers found the fish learned to correctly select between two and four sticks with two, and two and six sticks, even without the food rewards. So that's pretty cool. That's so, still just quantity, you know. I don't think they're, exactly. they're counting, yeah, but... I don't, it, I don't... Counting... But that's all counting is. Well, it, I just it, hope that a lot of money wasn't spent <laughs> on this research. It was it was fifty five billion dollars. <laughs> so I thought the, a bit the much. trouble was a free tictus. Uh, Andrews uh, I was also test. the accountant of this study. Free tick test. Yeah. 
Um, I, I want to know before we discuss this in a little bit more depth. What was what were you going to say about? Blackberries? Oh, oh, oh! When when Blackberries <laughs> came now out. Now you've been silent for it's, five minutes. It's good because it's it annoyed me like that we lost track of that, and I know our listeners will be like, "What was the comment?" <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so the yes, it's always dangerous when you start derailing. Anyway, um, when Blackberries first came out. Um, it was the first time that, that humans had had to use such small keypads uh, up till that point. And there was one fellow that got his fingers whittled. What? Surgically that whittled. That was a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, he's got to be upset now that no one uses that. Exactly. And it's, so he whittled his forefinger, this guy, sure. uh, into a point, uh, surgically. It was really grotesque. <laughs> and um, so he was able to use his BlackBerry more effectively because he said he used it so often he had to have this procedure done. But I was wondering if that was a similar, similar thing to the bears. <laughs> the bears had to have. Sure. I'm searching for that. That's fascinating. Or, or, no, the, or the other thing I was thinking of was when you mentioned the fact that um, people had pepperamis. Uh, what was it? You could use a pepperami. Yeah, to, like beef jerky. Beef jerky. jerky. There you go. Beef jerky's a bit like pepperami. Pretty much the kind of. similar thing. Pepperami? Yeah. What's pepperami? Oh, pepperami's like a sort of um, weird desiccated meat. It's very similar to... Oh, God, what's the, what's the thing that comes... Like the sort of spiced meat thing that comes in like a tube, like a cylinder shape. That again is Slim Jim. Slim Jim, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a Slim Jim. There you go. It's a brand right. name, Pepperami. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you could um, have your fingers replaced by Slim Jims, <laughs> yeah. and they would enable you to operate tablets in cold weather conditions and have a yum yum snack. Well, that's true, you but you got, got you got that's a not a bad idea as a prosthesis at the like very if, least. Like, if you were stuck, say, in a cave and you were starving to death, yeah, and you had a certain amount of battery left, like I guess you'd have to make a really important decision between texting for help and at eating. a certain point you give up and then you have to just eat, eat your means of communication well, you just text yeah. first and then you chomp your fingers but then what if that text doesn't go like i mean you could do that whether you had slim jims for fingers or not of course yeah. you just start eating your fingers <laughs> that's true that's a good point <laughs> any finger can become a slim jim probably you wouldn't eat your i mean your digits are the most useful part of your body in many ways well second most perhaps <laughs> but uh like if you had After to start eating yourself if you had some way of accessing the meat in, like, I guess your thighs and, and your ass would be, like, the first thing you could go to if you could find it. If you were really in a pinch and had to eat yourself, that seemed like the best meat source. I mean, from a, on a day-to-day basis, human beings tend to go for their cuticles, and maybe if they're revolting, sometimes their toes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever sure. seen anyone chomping the... Uh, yeah, there was a there was meat. a video we almost used on... We, Matt and I work on a clip show, and uh, there was a video of a woman uh, who was... Um, like biting her toenails on a public transit, and oh. we decided, no, that's we can't use that. That's a that's too gross, even for this. Have show. you ever bitten your cuticles, any of you fellows? Oh yeah, I, yeah. I do that sometimes. You ever bitten them so much they bleed? Yep. Yeah, I have a worse problem yep. of. Uh, do you feel like, men- I mean, you feel mentally ill when you do that, don't you? Like yes. I just I, I, just I, for no reason. I'm oh, you're talking about your own cuticles? Yeah, not yeah. someone else's totally. <laughs> oh no, your I don't feel mentally ill when I do my. I wouldn't do my own. It's disgusting. Sure, Does anybody yeah. else bite off their calluses sometimes? I yeah. do that. That's pretty gross. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to. Admit but we're that. Gu- we're like guitar guys. Yeah, yeah. I, and you know, I, I have I have very thick calluses. I destroy. Yeah, like I destroyed the callus from the guitar playing on this finger. No, but I it, <laughs> yes, we play guitar. Yes. <laughs> but now I have to wait a couple days to play guitar because I like tore off this callus and now it like almost bled oh, yesterday. So. Man. 
That's one of the best yeah. things about getting a callus, though, isn't it? Is the uh, moment that you can bite it off. Yeah, it is kind of fun. It's very sad. <laughs> oh, I'm, I get super pumped about that stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll rip anything off or pop anything. Yeah, when you get a big um, blister, I, that's a great, great. It's time. the great one. I did two weeks in the hospital once for accidentally popping my nipple. Oh, I thought, yeah, what? yeah. I assumed, I assumed it was some sort of ingrown hair or something. But I, I love popping stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Two weeks in the ER, which for seems a, excessive. Seems for excessive. A second, I thought you were actually being serious. I no. did. I was no. imagining you. Knowing you, I, know I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be th- that. Yeah, every like, so often Jesse does come out with stories. You're like, no, okay, yeah, yeah. Just no, let, no, I've just got another insight into a friend of mine. Yeah, obviously, I never spent uh, two weeks in the hospital for popping. Well, there a nipple, are those little um, raised bumps, though, on the areola of the male nipple. Those are called uh, oh, good call. Uh, 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 oh my god, aren't they on the female nipple too? They are, and they actually they serve a purpose. I believe, unless I'm remembering some pseudoscience. They don't serve a purpose on ours. No, not on ours, but neither do ours in general. But on women, I think it. it like it does help nursing somehow. It like lubricates, uh, which I don't know why you have to lubricate. Because they're not dispensing milk, those guys, but they are, are they? They're but just, it is a gland. It's dispensing you can something, make, I think. You can I remember reading this a while ago. This is a bit revolting, isn't it? But you can squeeze them and they do sort of, it is possible. something comes out. It's possible with time and effort in some cases to persuade a male <laughs> nipple to express milk. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's not great milk, though, is it? I mean, <laughs> okay. He wouldn't uh, want to put it on your cereal. Well, in a pinch, it's enough. You could you could butter some toast. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> be about it. You could. I'd I'd say it's probably not as good as fresh milk from a dairy, mm. but better than those little packets of UHT that you get in hotel. <laughs> uh, you guys, tea we, sets. Can, this, we can do some actual science with this. Um, areolar glands or glands of Montgomery are sebaceous glands in the areola surrounding the nipple. The glands make only secretions, uh, lipoid fluid to keep the areola and nipple lubricated and protected. There you go. Uh, volatile the Montgomery compounds, gland. The Montgomery <laughs> yes. gland. Who is, that? Of Montgomery. <laughs> Who is that guy? Monty gland. <laughs> I'd like to think it was Madam, why all these bumps on your areola? <laughs> <laughs> They're fascinating. Look at your Monty glands. They're magnificent. <laughs> 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 They're the most Monty. pronounced Monty glands I've ever seen. Also, <laughs> Wikipedia, Wikipedia, with articles like this, it fascinates me what the, what kind of photos end up with these articles because sometimes they're very clinical and very what they should be, yeah. and sometimes you're like, this is porn that someone got the rights to. Like this, right. the picture for areolar glands for for Wikipedia, the way it's shot with like depth of field and stuff like this. This is. Pornographic, like it's it's hot. I mean, like it's it's undeniably oh, that's arousing. So there's no way you should that shouldn't be the Wikipedia. Yeah. That shouldn't be the Wikipedia entry. It's yeah. it's like it's shot and lit the way like an advert for like a, a boutique supermarket would present eggs. Yes, yeah. One of the eggs is in focus. The other eleven. Are yeah, not. right. It's just like the front page of a cookery book. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm always fascinated on Wikipedia by um, how freakishly not long ago everything was updated and edited. Oh yeah! Like, like if someone you, makes it their job to be looking at the glands of Montgomery. No, page but I mean, if you were if, sure right now, if you were to check out like foreskin, if yeah. you were to wiki foreskin, it would as say you do every it would, day. Yeah. as I do daily. <laughs> um, it would say like last Just edited every day you wake up and go. Right. Oh yeah. Memento for right. But you know, it would say last edited four hours ago, and I'm like, is there new news in the foreskin front? I don't know. It's probably they're at the they're at the foreskin front of technology with that. No, but so also so if people want one to more see thing. that photo that we've just been admiring. Areolar glands on Wikipedia. It also says the volatile compounds and oh, the secretions yeah. that come out of those may also serve as olfactory stimulus for newborn appetite. So maybe it also creates some smell that makes babies know they should nurse. So there's a purpose. Mm. Interesting. Now uh, the woman. Oh, and also the, they're named for Doctor William Featherstone, not to be confused with Shitstone Montgomery, back in the 
1800s, early 1800s, who was an Irish obstetrician who first described them in 1837. William Featherstone Montgomery is an yeah. excellent old time doctor. That's a great name. one. William Featherstone Montgomery. I bet he has like big mutton chop sideburns and a. Also, the number of glands can vary greatly, usually averaging from 4 to 28 per nipple, meaning there is a glands of Montgomery statistician out there who's like, I just have to count. I just have to I'm count I'm just going to count ladies. these. That's all I'm going to do is count. Featherstone yeah. is a tricky one because there might be a weird pronunciation there. You know, have you seen oh, the yeah. name Featherstone? Like, as it's written, it's, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, there's a name that's Featherstone Hoff, but you pronounce it Fanshawe. <laughs> um, that's not, is that and, a joke? No, it's no, no, And Sinjin, which is, which is spelt... S- St. John. St. John, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Featherstone So if you Hoff. type in Featherstone Hoff, with Hoff spelt, I think, H-A-U-G-H, uh, it's pronounced Fanshawe. Fan. Oh, my God. You guys are insane. And there's another one, which is um, Chumley, but it's spelt Cholmondeley. That's very true. Uh, it's mind-blowing. And I live, where I live in East Anglia, we have a village called Wyndham, which is uh, spelt Wymondham. That's a bit of a. So how do you how do you how do you do Worcestershire sauce? Is it Worcestershire? Worcester? Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. Worcester I, sauce. I still can't wrap my head around Brett Favre. How does that happen? What's that one? The V's before the R. It's yeah, F-A-V- Favre. F A V R E, and it's Favre. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's like a, some magic. And Irish trick. names as well. There's a there's a comic, uh, ba- based in the UK, called. In fact, I'm trying to work out which way around would be better to. His name is spelled. I'll give you the spelling first. Yeah. C-A-I-M-H. C-A-I-M-H. I'm going to guess how it's pronounced. Do you want to give it a go? Chom. Kim? Uh, it's uh, Queeve. Okay. Oh, wow. Queeve. Of course. That's Irish, is it? Yeah. That's tough, man. They make it hard, they're Irish. What's his first name? That is his first name. Queeve? <laughs> so, so obviously, guys, uh, what we're learning from this is, uh, you know, if there was a Hurricane Queeve... Mm-hmm. How many people do you think it would kill? <laughs> so that's a male a male name, Queeve. Obviously, obviously Queeve. So. As we all know, the male male Queeve. Mm. I, I feel I feel like a male hurricane with a very masculine name like Queeve is going to kill a lot of people, like the most people. Turns out, <clears throat> Andy. Mm-hmm. And this is a two part story, by okay. the way, for people yelling at their dashboards right now. Oh yeah, now. yeah. I do like the fact that some people already know where this is going. Yeah. Um, well, the so story the, that came out then I guess, a, this week. It came out this week, and then another story came out yeah. lesser ago. Actually, it might be, might be a couple of weeks ago now, because I think we might need to put this... Anyway, it's yeah. yeah. It came out. The it came out. The came story out. came out. So, it turns out, you guys, that, um, you know, uh, there obviously there are male names to hurricanes, mm-hmm. female names mm-hmm. to hurricanes, and these female-named hurricanes are, are killing way more people. How, how uh, Can you remind be? me how they pick the names for the hurricanes? It's it every other be... hurricane. It right. used to be all women's names alphabetically. And where do they get the names? Who, they, they would just believe. Yeah, they, they go. They go alphabetically, uh, and they just pick a name that begins with the next letter f- from the previous hurricane oh, that right. is of the appropriate gender. But I don't know who exactly picks it. Uh, so they're not named after specific people. Uh, the people that spotted the hurricane. No, 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 no. And until it, it was only a, a relatively recent change to have them alternate between men and women. I think it was in nineteen seventy nine. Nineteen fifty. They've been named since nineteen fifty. Okay. And female names only were used until nineteen seventy nine. Then it alternated by gender, but still going alphabetically. So it would go Andrew. Beatrice, whatever. Yeah. And the ladies kill more than the men, did you say? Yes. Well, and, and, well, okay. well we're going to get into that. Yes. But the theory is um, that uh, this, uh, the researchers from the University of Illinois and Arizona State, um, they examined six decades of hurricane death rates according to gender, spanning 1950 
uh, to 2012. And of the 47 most damaging hurricanes, the female-named hurricanes produced an average of 45 deaths compared to 23 deaths in the male-named storm, uh, or almost double the number of fatalities. So you might ask yourself, why, why is this happening? You know, what's, what's going on here? And the theory, at least, is that female-named hurricanes were underestimated. You're perceived as less dangerous because I, I, I ain't Shut running from Hurricane up. Janice. Is that a real theory? Is, yeah. No. Yeah. Hurricane yeah. Katrina? I knew a Katrina. Gave good head. I'm not running. So people are dying because they are inherently <laughs> sexist. According that's, to That's the this, thing, yeah. This is the initial that's theory. The initial thought. So they had to test the hypothesis, of course. Right. Right. So um, what they did is the researchers set up six experiments presenting a series of questions to between 100 to 346 people. They should have that number. They should know how many people. Yeah, that's probably something um, So respondents predicted male hurricanes to be more intense um, than female hurricanes in one exercise. And in another exercise, the hurricane sex affected how respondents said they would prepare for a hurricane. People imagining a female hurricane were not as willing to seek shelter. The stereotypes we're willing that, to seek condoms and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the stereotypes that underlie these judgments are subtle and not necessarily hostile towards women. They may involve viewing women as warmer and less aggressive than men. Right, right. Um, Which I don't imagine that they would appreciate. <laughs> No, so I don't, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> no, but this this article did come out like the week after the UCSB shooting. Yes, yeah, so the this, yes, all women trending and things. So people did kind of point to this as uh, another example of. of so our you should call them biases. something like um, Hurricane Hannibal or Hurricane Hitler or. Well, that yeah. was this first study. People Hurricane were saying death bastard. At the very least, yes. it's worth looking into changing how Space we name names. things. Yes, exactly. Of course, this was just this was just the initial, and even as. Like Matt sent this to me, and I was like, "That's fascinating." And like that secondary, fo- that's that follow-up study where they asked people, "How would you respond based?" And on And these this, are with this? names that don't exist. These are new hurricane names right. they were I mean, asking. That study, I, I can see. I don't doubt that we all do have these implicit uh, biases that 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 we aren't even aware of, and of uh, and do change our behavior. But like the fact that they were doing this study on. A, a tiny set, and this is also I'm I'm always whatever book I'm reading right now is what is what's coloring my view of the world. Mm. And I'm reading this book called Fast Thinking Fast and Slow, and it talks about there's a whole chapter about how even professional, uh, how even like psychologists in academia and people who are supposed to be doing studies as their livelihood and should know what a sample size that they would need to have to, in order to have accurate results is like those people are also making mistakes with sample sizes because it's rarely intuitive to know how big of a group you need of something to get meaningful data because you can still have a random you could have uh if it's 1979 to now hurricanes you could theoretically have every hurricane that was male killing nobody every hurricane that's female killing 100 people like just randomly it's such a small sampling it's possible that could happen and I, and of course they didn't control for some other factors but it's such a tiny sample size and they also decided to take out some outliers which were the biggest hurricanes of that period because I thought that would skew the results. Like, oh. how, how do you just decide? <laughs> so they removed, yes, it would skew the results. Yeah, it yeah. would skew them to the accurate side. Right. Of it. So they removed Hurricane Sandy. Right. Uh, oh, sorry. They didn't remove Hurricane Sandy. Sandy's kind of a unisex name. Well, though, this is the, in America, in the studies, they the, it was rated as very much a female name. You, but I know some male Sandys. Particularly in Scotland. In Scotland, Sandy is a Maybe male name. Sandy's more of a, a male name in, in the UK. Is it, are there not many Americans? Well, that's why Hurricane Sandy killed nobody in the UK. Well, that's so, true. <laughs> you know, right. think about it. Yeah. yeah, so there's been some other follow-up articles since. There was quite a nice one in Slate where they re-crunched the numbers. Well, removing because... Removing or adding different hurricanes because of outliers and not. And you can... 
you can very easily, depending whether you add or remove Hurricane Sandy, just one single hurricane, you can completely reverse the results of the yeah. experiments well, so there, that male there, hurricanes tend to be more deadly. There are also a few things such as, um, you know, they did this since 1950. Yeah. So you've got 29 years there of only female-named hurricanes, right? Um, which I think is a weird way to do it. I'm not, I'm not refuting the psychological part of it uh, whatsoever, but, they, but you know, the, it, uh, more people died in hurricanes on average before they started getting male names in general because of less warning time. Right. Uh, et cetera. Oh, did, they, did they include the? They included. The, it was 1950 to 2012 when they did it. Oh, I thought the study only included once they started making them. Alternating. No, the study included oh, okay, that all makes it of even them. more skewed because yeah, the the the, the t- passage the, of time affects this how study people respond is to. rapidly turning out <laughs> to be a load of giant bollocks. Yeah, but, but it's but nice because it's quite rare in on this show. Normally, we very excitedly talk about a study, and it's two weeks later that the refutation comes through, and we have to sheepishly go, "Actually, that was bullshit." Right. Yeah. But, I want but to it's quite know, nice to be able to do them both in well, the same exactly, episode this time around. We're just talking about it, aren't we? So yeah. it's it's interesting. But I don't take issue with the underlying theory. Like, it's still very possible that there are biases that affect people's behavior. It's just, I think there yeah, are. And the sec- they, they probably weren't the reason for the this. second half of the experiment is a lot more interesting. Right, the one where right. they went through historically, there there just isn't enough data. Yeah. There aren't, there aren't, there aren't enough sample. data to deal with this. But that second half where they just did it as a experimental psychology yeah. test yeah, where mean, they got people into the lab and they asked them questions and they presented them with a long questionnaire and went, how would you respond, would you respond if, to this if, hurricane? Uh, hurricane Amber and Hurricane... Uh, and, that I, is, and that definitely did produce skewed gendered results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But don't you think that, that people's responses when they're filling out a questionnaire may well be different to their actual response were they confronted by the reality I'm of sure. Yeah. Well, then there's no way to gather any information. Uh, I mean, you would say... You, it's, it's same, this is what I'm saying. I, I advocate the abandonment of all scientific testing of any kind. <laughs> because it's... <laughs> if I don't see it with my because, own eyes... Because if it's not 100% accurate, what's the point? <laughs> That's my uh, theory. Well, it's like how something acts differently if it knows it's being watched yeah. or something like that. So right, it's impossible exactly. to capture something in a true environment. Right. Yes, well, this is like the whole world of reality, so-called reality TV, isn't it? And now they now they have to just call it directed reality. That's what, do they what call they call scripted it. Scripted reality. Scripted reality. And this is this yeah. is what I tell people when they find my hidden cams in the bathroom. <laughs> I say, look, if you knew I was in there, you would have acted different. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a good study also hides the, what it's what it's trying to discern from the person participating in the study, right? That's also what's the term for that. Is it user blind or whatever the term is? Like you might oh, have, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, it's some seemingly minor detail in the course of other questions you're answering. That's the actual thing that they're trying to find, which yes. stops you from overthinking it and going like, "What are they trying to get out of this?" So I should answer this this way or something. I yes. forgot what the term for that is, but a good study has that as one of its. And they also have a kind of placebo. Right. Yep. Well, you need a control group thing. to have any yeah. good scientific. I'm reading. Um Malcolm Gladwell's last one at the moment. I've got a soft spot for him, even though yeah, he's yeah. like uh, people really love to tear him down. Don't they, they do? They, they have noticed find, that. Yeah, he's he's good, man. He's really entertaining. I don't think there's anything negative about anything he's put out. I think it's, he's only done good things. It's easy for, to get uh, irritated, I suppose, by him because he is, you know, he's like a showman, I suppose. But still, it's stimulating and interesting. A lot of the stuff he writes yeah. about. But it's funny as well because like, he he writes about David and Goliath, and at the beginning of this book, uh, you know, so so he's taking lots of. Um, case studies where someone triumphs over a uh, what you would imagine would be a, a more powerful opponent 
David and Goliath style, but he starts out by dissecting in minute detail the original David and Goliath story and talking about the reality oh, yes. of why he was a giant because well had, it's it, 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 it sort of reverses the entire story to yeah, be from a bold victory yes he talks about the fact that this um that goliath came out he was elected by the philistines to be the representative of their team uh and so he comes out he stumbles out and he's got a, a shield bearer and he says to david when david appears with his Stick, shepherd stick, or whatever he's got. Staff. That's the only thing he's going to use. Is he on. a slingshot? He's got a slingshot on one hand and a staff in the other, or something. And and Goliath says, well, um, something like, "Am I a dog uh, that you come at me with sticks?" And Gladwell focuses on the fact that it's sticks plural and not stick. David only had one stick, so he's like, "Why does Goliath say sticks plural?" It's probably because. He had a form of giantism or a condition that also affected his vision because there was something pressing down on his visual cortex or or whatever uh, that was blurring his vision to the extent that he couldn't actually see that well at all. That's why he needed this shield bearer to lead him out uh, so that he actually – he couldn't basically see where he was going. So he's just this – Half blind. Yeah, he's a total. He's not the guy that you would want representing your team. I just keep picturing <laughs> Sloth from The Goonies. Have you seen that movie, The Goonies? Yes, yes. <laughs> or you know, I th- I think a, a, an interesting thing is that I've always thought about that story is that uh, it's just all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the other thing. You know, uh, but, but just there's focuses, no evidence for any of that. He focuses what the, on the, this one read? line as if it was reported. You know, it, it, it's like reported speech from thousands and thousands right. and thousands of years. Well, it's ago. been converted from Aramaic to Latin back to English. To it's HTML. All, back to, again. to HTML. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. CSS. But, but I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I I appreciate the. I appreciate the, um, you know, micro look at it. Yeah. But it's also like, sometimes it is important to pan out and be like, oh, that war didn't even happen. Or right. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. All, fuck that. But um, anyway. <laughs> that's Jesse's version of Yes that's and your review story. of David yeah. and Goliath we by can, Malcolm Gladwell. we got time for a few more stories. And we'll, like, oh, as always, we'll put our, the stories up on our Squarespace powered website. And, sure. and by the way, we have a lot of donors to thank, and we uh, didn't get to them this week because I think this is going to be coming out out of order with things. So don't worry if you expected to hear your name and didn't, you're going to be thanked either before or after this. <laughs> I think point. before, and, and then, or yes. in next week's. Yeah. Look, if we didn't thank you, if you didn't already hear your name, we're thanking you next week. But, yes. but we do. Or we do. it's already been thanked last week, but it came out. Bef- a week before this is you're hearing this but we're gonna mail we you it. in December yes we will put an explanation of this as well <laughs> on our website which uh turns out chimpanzees can understand this, chimpanzees, uh, this chimpanzees. logic of when we put out and episodes and I think still worried about being thanked toughen up <laughs> come on and I think chimpanzees could also manage to program a Squarespace powered website it's they that probably easy. could it's that right. easy it is that as long simple as they strap bear claws to their um, chimpanzees with fingers. bear claws with beef jerky at the end could yeah. very could easily very easily build. they because you just choose from a certain number of templates a very wide number of templates but very adaptable very customizable yes that's what we did all available on Squarespace I would imagine they are all available on Squarespace <laughs> and if you wanted to set up a store to sell t-shirts that said jaundice shitstone like you could do that easily also they have online store capabilities I what like no no at least send me How do you go shopping at an online store? What's an online store? You just click on you just click on bits of the website and say I want this and, and they say how do you want to pay your for that? Payment details and it's it's and that easy. When does the store close? Emails from them Never for the rest closes. of your life. Yeah. Jesse, it's a virtual store. It's not even a thing you walk into. 
So it's, this is a hypothetical store. Yeah. Well, well, you're having some trouble with this. Let yeah. me tell you something. Yeah. Squarespace, who we used to build probablyscience.com, has 24-hour support where you could ask them all those questions and they will get very frustrated with you quickly if that's the kind of question you keep asking, but I'm sure they'll still answer it. But yeah, so, I, I, just, I just had a question about the formatting for our pages and I was able to get somebody uh, on, an, on an IM chat window instantly. I could... Uh, do it secretly while I was at work. No one even knew I was getting that 24-7 support from Squarespace. Can I ask you a question? Pra- I can't believe that we're actually having a positive conversation about your sponsor. Like, we're the best <laughs> sponsor. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're the best clients ever in the world, if that's the right. Anyway, um, Squarespace, right? Because I'm thinking about doing a, a, a podcast. Are you able to get... I should ask you this off air. What no, no, no. It's doing? a good question. No, are do it on air. Able, are you able to get like a uh, an, an email address that people can get in touch with you on? Is that all part of? Well, you can you, you can you, register you can. a domain through Squarespace if you want. So you can do everything from getting the domain to actually building the site to even hosting the files. If you want to host the audio files for your podcast directly on Squarespace, you could do that also. It can all be in one. You do it with we SoundCloud we do uh, well, right? no we use Libsyn for our hosting, oh, okay. and then, but then Squarespace links to that and it just imports the link straight into it yeah. uh, and and we use probably science at gmail.com for our email because we set it up before we had the Squarespace website but you could just as easily register the domain through Squarespace and then set up email through that same domain it's all simple they make it very easy for you very affordable and you could get a free trial and 10% off if you use the offer code probably science and the plans start as low as $8 a month um, I, I love it yes. I was just looking at your website Adam I forgot that you were in hot fuzz Yes, I was. I was killed by a church. I was an annoying local reporter called Tim Messenger. Hi, hi. And uh, I... Oh, yeah, fuck. I didn't have a beard then. Or rather, I was made to shave it off, which was very upsetting. It's not very nice because... I grew a beard because I didn't like the way my face was going. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Then, the direction it was taking. Yeah. yeah. And then... Didn't um, pan out how you expected. No, it was getting all big. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'd better grow a beard, cover that up. Yeah. And then and give it some much needed definition. Sure. I, I, then they asked Edgar right. I said, "Oh no, mate, you got to shave it off." I was like, "Oh, you're joking, aren't you?" It's very. Are you bros with Edgar Wright? Uh, yes. Yeah, we've known each other for quite a long time. And then my uh, sometime comedy partner Joe Cornish works very closely with Edgar. Oh, okay. Uh, wrote Ant Man. He was involved with the whole Ant Man debacle. Oh, that's too bad. And. Um, uh, they have a great, great time together. Also, didn't Joe got to be a zombie, but you were on holiday. That's right. Joe was a zombie on in Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, but you know, I, I had a good speaking role in Hot Fuzz, so it was all fine. But um, you know, Ed, Edgar's very loyal and sweet as far as extending little jobs to me every now and again. Not like Joe Cornish, who has pointedly excluded me from <laughs> everything he's been involved with in the exciting world of Hollywood. Bastard! Is he out here at the moment? Uh, he comes and goes. He's in the UK at the moment. But, um, yeah, he's working. I don't know what he's... He never tells me what he's working on. He just uh, he just wants to keep me as far away from his film <laughs> projects as he possibly can. <laughs> I don't know why. Listeners, so brilliant. Uh, listeners might have seen the great uh, Attack the Block. Yes, that was Joe's yeah. debut feature. I was a big fan of that movie. It's, yeah. it's such a great... What they did with... Uh, Effects-wise. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That, it, was, <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely fine. <laughs> And the story I, was, it would yeah, have been a tiny bit better if I'd beat it. Oh, God, yeah, can you get us that guy for the show? Or? <laughs> can you be on the show? Or? Yeah, yeah. We consider this a stepping stone episode, is what this is called. He's this very is. boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he makes decent films, but he's a very boring guy. You know who's uh, not boring? It's, uh, it's ch- chimpanzees. <laughs> Jesse, you're, about these, you're all about Another these animals solid this gold week. segue. Chimpanzees aren't boring. Um, the, uh, they're dumb, though, right? They're very unintelligent. Is that, how you, is that how you put the emphasis on the word chimpanzee in America? Chimpanzee. 
chimpanzee. Is that an American thing or saying? No, he was just saying it strangely. Well, how would where would you put it? Chimpanzee. We put the stress on the final syllable. Yeah. You said chimpanzee, chimpanzee, but I think you were just saying it for chimpanzee, like like a uh, a cross between a chimp and a pansy. So you're talking about a <laughs> wait? Oh, we're talking about you're talking about a pansy chimp. You're talking about like I'm a, talking about different animals flower. here. Oh, okay. There's three different animals. The great yeah. ape. There's the there's the chimpanzee. Oh, okay. And then the chimpanzee. <laughs> What's the chimpanzee like? Uh, the chimpanzee. Sounds, um, that, that sounds like the most British way to say the word. Really? No, I think it, it sounds chimpanzee sounds chimpanzee. More, more like a Germanic order. Uh, or chimpanzee here. Chimpanzee. Yes, that's right. Chimpanzee bitter. Schnell. <laughs> chimpanzee. Chimpanzee. Um, well, yeah. So, so you know, obviously these chimps, they're uh, better than humans at certain things. Sure. You know? Um, swinging through trees. Swinging through trees. Flinging rip, shit at Ripping off testicles <laughs> and faces. <laughs> things like that. They're real good at face ripping. They're They've great at face unlock. ripping. They, yeah. Um, they, they, they go for the nuts first as well. Like that's, they go for the jaw and the nuts. They go they for go the genitals so you can't rape them and the jaw so you can't Jaw, rape nuts, them. hands. Yeah. That's the, that's the order. It's very efficient attacking. That's what they teach at monkey school. Yeah. Yeah. It's Krav Maga. <laughs> it's like chimpanzee. Jaw, yeah, nuts, uh, hands. Yeah. Um, and I wish I had more for you, but I'm having trouble accessing the... Uh, oh, I can... I can re- there have been some studies where chimp, chimps, they, they beat us at short-term memory skills. Oh, yeah. You know? Much sure. better... Much better at short-term memory. But now researchers report that uh, chimps are also better than humans in simple contests based on game theory. Um, that, of course, is a form of mathematics that deals with figuring out the best strategy when faced with a competitive situation, sort of weighing outcomes. Um, so in the current study, it's published this week in Scientific Reports, um, chimpanzees at the Kyoto University Primate Research Institute in Japan um, <laughs> played a hide-and-seek computer game. And... <laughs> Can't keep fucking going with that. <laughs> um, undergraduate students and hide and seek. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there they are. Undergraduate students and West African villagers also competed separately. No speaking was allowed. Um, so this is in a hide and seek, uh, hide and seek game. Chimpanzee hide and seek. Yeah, <laughs> chimpanzee wins. Um, <laughs> chimpanzee winners. I, I guess I really do say chimpanzee. Yeah, you fuck. Do. That's weird to know about me. Yeah. That's a weird thing to learn about myself. Right. <laughs> I say chimpanzee. <laughs> wow. Chimpanzee. I don't think I can change that at this age. I can't age. even remember I, what's the right way now. now that you've I said can't go that back. There's no right way. It's all it's chimpanzee. All a, yeah. I, mean, I think that definitely is a right way. Surely it's chimpanzee. Yeah, last syllable. Chimpanzee. 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 We've said it so many times now, it has know, lost all meaning. Lost all yeah. Chimpanzee. Let's just say chimp. Uh, so chimpanzee is the chimp best winners. Look at the chimpanzee. Um... Chimp, w- <laughs> um, so these pansy winners were rewarded with apple cubes, while humans were <laughs> well, they should be called just pansy. Uh, while humans were given money, game theorists have determined that there's a limit to how often the game can be won, even if both players are making the best possible strategic moves. Hmm. That limit is called the Nash equilibrium. Um, after Nobel Prize winning mathematician John uh, John Forbes Nash Jr. Uh, is he related to the beautiful mind guy? That's he is the, he is the guy. Oh, he's the guy. That's the same guy. That is. Uh, so the chimps trumped the humans. They learned the game faster than their human counterparts and performed in line with the Nash equilibrium, hitting the theoretical benchmark. Chimps, the researchers say, may be particularly good at the game because of their excellent short-term memories and talents for pattern recognition and rapid visual assessment. In the wild, the apes are all o- also highly competitive, vying for dominance. Humans, on the other hand, are more cooperative. Hmm. So um, chimps just kicked our ass at... at uh, Timely with the rise of the Planet of the Apes coming out soon. Terrifying. They are our betters. They're going to take us over. Yeah. First step is beating us at game theory. 
Well, is this one called Rise of Planet of the Apes? I'm sorry, is that not... That, that was the last one, right? Oh. Rise of Planet of the Apes. This one is... Uh, well, that was Dawn, wasn't it? Dawn of Planet... Oh, yeah. So it's going to be this a trilogy. One, this, this one, they're out the... in the woods, and they're smart, and they paint their faces, and they're terrifying. The last one, they were getting out of the lab into the woods. Sure. In yeah, San Francisco? Um, this and one they it took, was great. And then they, they took off and developed the to the point where they're so advanced that the fifth one in the series is just a romantic comedy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, it's going to be, yes, that's right. It's going to be called The Quirkiness of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> all, all of these are just pre- <laughs> you prequels. You've got apes. They're all that's prequels right. to Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp. It just becomes like a And then there's going to be Lethargy of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, just, they, all, they discover Doobie and they just... Right, yeah. End up doing absolutely fuck all, just playing video games. And then just being John Malkovich, the apes. <laughs> That's right. Did you guys have uh, Lancelot Link's Secret Chimp? Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have seen that. Yeah. But maybe I saw it in America. I used to travel to the States quite a lot with my dad. He was a uh, travel journalist. Well, he's alive still, but he used to um, earn his living as a travel Dead to you. He's dead to me, obviously, yes, after what he did. Um. <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty phenomenally... That's a pretty rare gig to get, I would think, and a dream job for a lot of people. Yeah, it's brilliant. uh, Amazing. He was one of the first people to write about the States as a sort of affordable tourist destination in the 70s. Didn't you also go to school, along with Joe, with uh, Louis Theroux? Yes, I'm staying with Louis while I'm out here. Oh, Oh, your dad wrote uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma on $100 a day. I read that. There you go, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a lot of money to spend. He did write a book called Louis's Dad is also a travel writer. Well, Louis's dad is a, um, yeah, he was like a, a novelist. Right. So he wrote travel fiction, I suppose. Well, he did. Whereas my dad was uh, more of a, yeah, straight ahead journalist. But so you were just traveling with him. He and was reviewing restaurants and things as he's going, or what's? what's... Uh, yeah, well, no, we would stay in amazing, lovely hotels and uh, go. We'd st- we stayed on a dude ranch a couple of times in Wyoming and Montana. We stayed in a f- on a floating fishing lodge in Alaska. I mean, we just had an amazing uh, that's childhood. A pretty, that's a very interesting and that's, cool way to grow up. It was extraordinary. I mean, I was very spoiled in a lot of ways. You know, just got to see. Almost all of the states as, uh, uh, between the ages of about 5 and 15. Do you That's think that had an effect on the fact that you now do character comedy and like, oh, I don't just know. meeting it's that a... many different people from a young age and seeing different I types of people? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, don't felt like, I, I didn't feel like we met that many I, we, we met a lot of Americans, and I liked them, and I sort of was obsessed with America from, a, from an early age and just thought everything was more exciting and cooler there. What, what's the term for that? I mean, like the Anglophile being... Anglophile. Yeah, there's no... Is there Yankophile. Yank- I don't know. Yankophile. <laughs> what were some of the places you remember being the most... Well, I do... I, you know, I loved the Midwest and... and um, is Montana in the Midwest? That's cons- I guess the West is what that yeah, It's the yeah. West. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Did you go to Yellowstone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And Big Bend National Park as well we went to. Big Bend, where's that? Um, I wonder if that's in Montana or if that's Wyoming. Maybe that's Wyoming. But I just thought those places were amazing. It was exactly like being in a cowboy film, you know, and these, you would stay on these ranches with these handsome, charismatic, uh, you know, wranglers and stuff, and they were all really funny and cool, and everyone was just so nice. You know, in England, everyone's miserable because it's raining all the time <laughs> and they're fucked off. And uh, these and guys who just got back from riding a horse across a field. Yeah, for... and they were just exactly like people you'd see in the Dukes of Hazard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, beautiful weather, extraordinary countryside, nice food, vending machines with 
soda in them, all these things that you just did not have in the UK. You didn't have vending machines? Didn't have food, didn't have vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> didn't have Sky. Um, we used to just absorb nutrients from, oh, okay. from the lakes. Sense. That's right. We were all, we, we were stored in the UK until about 1982, everyone was stored in kind of uh, darkened rooms like batteries yeah like, see I was very bo- much like the Matrix I was born in 1980 hatched, so I only had the faintest memory of that I remember I remember the first time I think my parents came home with that, food and that was a very exciting that moment that would have been an implanted memory as well <laughs> oh yeah it yeah. wasn't real yeah because everyone, everyone they only sort of did six variables on that for the whole of exactly, the UK exactly of the UK they didn't really figure that British people needed that many and memories. here's what's interesting I'm a type 3 yeah but I always felt more of a type five yes uh, you know i didn't want to say anything because i thought you'd be upset but i've i've often thought that about it was felt like of the six so that was the, that was the memory i was meant yeah. to have had and type six was uh growing up following your travel writer father through exactly, america yes. right? yeah was- and possibly emerging into the three-dimensional uh physical world <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the privileges that type six had but um yeah i loved it so anyway uh the reason i mentioned it was because i watched a, a a huge amount of American TV and cartoons and stuff, and mm. yeah, would have seen your, your man on Lancelot there. Link, Secret Lancelot Ship. Yeah, for Link. listeners that are older, and I'm not—I wasn't alive when it was on the air originally. I don't think. I think it was in reruns on like Nick at Night or something. But uh, it was a show where they would have chimpanzees dressed up in human clothes and uh, enacting this sort of. Uh, oh, so this wasn't an animation. This was. This is like no, animation. no. They had yeah, real chips. Like, in, in the UK, we had these adverts for PG Tips tea. And for a while, do you remember those, Matt? You're oh, I very young. no, no, no. They, I was. They, I remember them very clearly. They were brilliant, and they they dressed. You couldn't do them now because people would be oh, yeah. probably rightly upset <laughs> for the chimps' welfare. <laughs> but in those days, that didn't even occur to people. It was like, it was essentially a family, a family of chimps, and it was the PG Tips chimps, and they would have barbecues, and they'd have family dramas, mm-hmm. and it was just. But they don't, do you mother, the father, James and Bond kids. Ones, though they used to do like big budget ones where it was like they they would recreate scenes from James Bond films and stuff with chimps and stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. So these are all juvenile chimps. Yeah, because when they become adults, is when they become face ripping. When they go through <laughs> when they go through puberty, it doesn't matter how well you've raised them. They will they're going to rip your balls they forget off. Forget everything they've been t- I mean, told. Poor, and the poor chimps probably suffered terribly, and and um, yeah, they looked like they were well, having fun because they definitely they, they still. In LA, it's very easy to hire animals for things. Like I right, remember but it's, reading it's an under eight years old if it's a chimp. Okay, but I remember reading an interview with the Human Giant guys. They they did a very incredibly funny sketch, the Carpet Monkey sketch. Oh was yeah, an advert, yeah, yeah, which I think is still one of my favorite TV sketches. It's very very funny indeed. So they're but, still working, but they were able the, to. The, oh yeah, right, right. You can hire in LA particularly where that you can get anything that would be useful for a movie at very short notice because it's an industry town but pe- you can hire animals fairly easily and I, there are a lot of people who monitor that kind of thing to make sure you're not mistreating them you would think that the CG has knackered the animal acting industry though wouldn't you well because yeah God, it's got to be so hard to get the performance you want from an animal well they, they'll they definitely I'm, I'm sure it's still a lot cheaper to get the animal but the, they'll ways. definitely I think for particularly the higher budget things they might use the real animal, but then they'll CG their face right. rather than smearing peanut like butter. Like Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I want to just quickly get one last story in because this has been a very animal-heavy, biology-heavy episode. And there's a, a massive planet that's been discovered, and oh, the story's yeah. going around. Mega-Earth, as it's being dubbed. Astronomers discovered a new type of rocky planet beyond the solar system 
that weighs more than 17. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> the rocky planet. Yeah, I got to fight. Nice. I got to go fight tonight. That's very good. <laughs> I thought Sylvester Stallone just walked into the backyard. Honestly, it's that good. Hey, take me to your leader from the... Still going. The Rocky the Planet. Way, do you know that your impression of, of Stu is identical to your impression of Rocky Balboa? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's go fight. Oh. No, I, I guess I was doing more of a Stu there. <laughs> this is love a Rocky Planet. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's delighted. He's going to be riffing on that for the rest well, of the day. Well, this Rocky Planet. I just we- started masturbating. <laughs> it weighs more than 17 times as much as the Earth, but only having Gotta twice the up. diameter. <laughs> So it's very dense. It's a very dense planet. See if you can do something with that, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not that smart, but I'm a good fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dead. okay, I'm dead. So yeah. what? What are you going to do? Uh, this so-called Mega like Earth. Sylvester Stallone. Better than Jesse's. <laughs> yeah. It's just a sort of weird Mine's the worst. Um, New York guy. Yeah. <laughs> this so-called Mega Earth circles a very old star called Kepler-10. It's like chasing a chicken. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Located about 560 light years away from Earth in the constellation Draco. You mean Ivan Drago? Yeah, Ivan Rocky Drago. Drago. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was named after Drago. It's like Dolph. Name. If discovery, he dies, he dies. This discovery announced at the American Astronomical Society meeting in Boston. Boston is near Philadelphia. Near Philadelphia uh, a, he runs up the steps. So many links. It's a short chain right away. It's not that close. It's, I mean, it's short by American standards. It's a good, what, four hours? Probably for, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's a short hop. Um, someone else can look at that while I finish this story. But it was a. <laughs> it's important. It was a surprise since planets that big were believed to be mostly gas, not solid rocky bodies like Earth or Mars, said physicist Dimitar Sasilov, who's director of the Harvard Origins of Life Initiative. Scientists do not yet understand how a planet known as Kepler 10c formed. It has a di- diameter of about 29,000 kilometers, which is 2.3 times greater than Earth's. A mega Earth is a lot of solids concentrated in the same place without any gas. This is a problem because our understanding of how planets form requires the solids to get together in an environment where almost 99% of the mass is hydrogen and helium. Sassel of told reports at a press conference. Smaller solid bodies, like Earth or Mars, which are believed to form from leftover materials, take less time to pull themselves together. With a longer incubation time... Come on, mate. <laughs> Pull yourself <laughs> together. What are you doing? Get yourself sorted. Get up, you son of a bitch. Mickey loves you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no? okay. Large planets should gather up massive amounts of gas in the process, or so scientists thought. However, mega Earths, however, mega Earths formed. <laughs> the rocky planet. Now I'm just imagining Burgess, Burgess Meredith flying <laughs> yeah, yeah. out there. Like, Come on, you filthy wop. Get yourself together. <laughs> like being racist. Remember how racist he was? Right. And he tried to motivate him. Like, what does he say? Call him a filthy wop at some point. Filthy wop. Yeah. That's no good. <laughs> you dirty dago. See how it works on the planet. He never called him a dirty dago. I think he used both of those slurs at some point in the in the series. Yeah. And I'll have to edit those. Out the outtake. Yeah. yeah. But remember, like, Prince beat up his girlfriend in Purple Rain. Like, it was a different time. He it could... was a different time. You Ghostbusters, have you seen that recently? Everyone's smoking like, oh, it's yeah. time for another Siggy. They all smoke like it's going out of style. Well, I think you, if, you, if you knew for a fact there was an afterlife, yes, you'd probably be right. less worried about early smoke death. Come on. That's true. That's, that's true. absolutely true. It's a great observation, Matt. Yeah, you're brilliant. <laughs> However, Mega Earth's firm, uh, formed the discovery of another type of rocky world bodes well... <laughs> <laughs> You've got to call it something else now. Otherwise, it's just going to be non-stop. I'm better the fool. 
It bodes well in the search for life beyond Earth, Sasolov yeah. added. As far as we know, and we know very no, little it's about like, the It's like life. a meat freezer on there. <laughs> we think the emergence of life from geochemistry occurs on solid planets. Podcast. <laughs> Related research shows that about 75% of the planets found with NASA's Kepler Space Telescope are less than four times Earth's diameter. In the, large, in the solar system, there is nothing between the size of Earth, the largest stone-based planet. Ah, good substitution. <laughs> and Neptune, the smallest gas giant with a diameter nearly four times Earth. Hey, Keith, we're a planet now. Hey, <laughs> Mick, we got a stone-based planet. Right, I, I got it. I got it. Nice. We, we all got it. <laughs> we really want to know about these planets, said an astronomer Lars Bocave with the Harvard Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics. Are they... Christ. <laughs> I'm just going to power through this last sentence. Are they rocky planets with a thin, compacted atmosphere like the Earth, or are they rocky cores with some sort of extended hydrogen helium you gotta work the core. and where there is really you no surface, work your core, he man. said. <laughs> so there we go. Mega Earth Well, exists. that's good, man. That's ending on a nice, positive note there. We yeah. can all move to Mega Earth. <laughs> we can. It's nice to know it's that. I'm going to go the distance. Matt, you deserve a medal for getting all the way through that article. Thank you so <laughs> much. Yeah. You went the distance. <laughs> Adam, how can, how can our listeners who don't already know about your work find more about you? Well, you know, maybe I, I think that starting on my YouTube channel is probably a good way. There's a lot of uh, stuff of variable quality up there. Um, they're all relatively short. So, uh, yeah, I, do, I, I did a show for Sky Atlantic a couple of years ago called Bug, which accounts for what I've been doing for the last few years, which is doing stuff like introducing music videos at live events and I kind of put them in context by often reading out YouTube comments that leave for the uh, people leave for those videos so that's a big part of my live shows so and that, again episodes of bugger on my YouTube channel so have a look around there and see if there's anything nice. that and, we'll, and you tweet we'll it, you're just at Adam Buxton um, on Twitter at Adam Buxton yes uh, amazing scintillating tweets coming out on an irregular basis I have a poorly maintained website that uh, has it goes back quite a few years we've so. got a solution for that yeah. if you ever want there's to a write. way there's a better Where's way space? let's do it and um, and uh, and in the UK people I suppose know me for being on the radio with Joe Cornish uh, who we were talking about earlier on and the TV as well I remember that's the first that thing was, I saw was that's pretty old the now, original I mean, Adam and yeah, Joe show was nearly like 15, 17 years ago or something that I did I used to do a show in the UK that was a bit like Wayne's World but real Pre, it was like YouTube before YouTube lots of uh, pop culture spoofs we used to do movie spoofs with toys and Star Wars figures and things like that. I'm sure there's still quite a bit, of, there must be quite a bit of that knocking around on That's YouTube That's on well. YouTube, yeah. But you know, when, when um, Robot Chicken came out, we just thought, ah, oh, we, we, this is not, we, we're not any good. Oh. Because they wiped the floor with us. They were funny, uh, they did, their animation was beautiful. Oh, we, we used to just stick coat hangers up, like kind of toys <laughs> and waggle them around. That was it. But um, yeah, I suppose the thing I'm happiest with is from the stuff I did with Joe was with the podcasts and the radio shows and they are still I think on iTunes if you search for the Adam and Joe podcast there's a few hours of uh, joy there nice more than a few hours yeah maybe we'll link to as much of this as we can over on the listing for this episode on probablyscience.com and listeners can just as always any questions comments clarifications stories you think we should cover things you want us to say you can donate on the uh, as probablyscience gmail.com tweet us at, at probablyscience you can donate 
If you Don't go to probablyscience.com and the Amazon link yes, as well. Yes, the Amazon links are great. If you're buying anything at all on Amazon, if you go to our link first and then complete your purchase as normal, it no costs. extra fees for you and we actually get some money back. So that's a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much, Adam, for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Yeah, man. that was great. That was a lot of fun. Take care. And Bye. we will see you next week. Bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, this is good because now I can pretend I'm Mark Maron. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm that guy. I, I've had, oh, Jesus, the week I had. But uh, it's hard. Life is hard. What am I going to tell you? But listen, with Squarespace, you can make life a little bit easier.